All right, this is the final percent. The final percent. The final percent podcast, and I have a special guest with me today, Hypnotic. Yeah, yeah. From uh, Top Flight Empire. He's been doing some amazing things. We have this soundbite from a song that we did four years ago that I will throw into our conversation as often as possible. Top Flight KMG, baby. I'm just saying, Top Flight KMG, baby. Um... So anyway, man, it's it's been a, it's been a long time since we've been seen in the scene together. Yes. Um, but we are always seen in the scene. If there's if there's something that's kind of synonymous with music in Colorado, our names come up pretty quick. Love or hated, but never not <laughs> talked about. That's is what I <laughs> what I find from both of us. Yeah, that's the uh, uh, that's the whole um, think different campaign from uh, Apple. When he says you can glorify or vilify them, but you cannot ignore them. Exactly. I, I think we've uh, we've probably achieved that pretty well, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like to think we do more good than harm. Yeah. But well, feelings feelings are sensitive these days, you know. Yeah, they're getting more and more sensitive, and uh, and and just to clarify, good than harm. I, I that's perceptions reality. So um, sometimes if we're just doing what we do, it uh, and if you happen to be in the way, it. I'm sorry, I'm not sorry. Um, yeah. but, uh, it is what it is. We're just trying to make moves. We want everyone to be able to have the tools to make moves. And that's kind of what this podcast is about is to kind of take my experiences and help people understand who, how to get there faster than I did, because I certainly did not get here by doing everything perfectly. In fact, it's because I made so many mistakes on why I was able to, um, be looked at as someone who could be considered successful. And so I was thinking about uh, it. This actually happened yesterday. I was thinking about who can I get on the show that I think can make a difference in people's lives. And one of the people that absolutely always comes to mind when I think of inspiration, motivation, and, and other people who are making a difference is, is absolutely you. I appreciate that. Um, it's the truth. Well, mistakes are one of the greatest tools to success. So I think we both, we both done enough of that to understand now what to do and how we can help lead people mm -hmm. a, an easier route, I guess. Yeah. An easier route, a more efficient route, more efficient, maybe yeah. not easier, but certainly more efficient. Yeah. I think that's the one thing to actually, I'm glad you brought up because easy is nothing. There's nothing easy about this, but mm -hmm. if you fall in love with the process, then it's not harshful. It's no. just, Exactly. You have to you have to love the process. You have to understand what you're getting into. And one of the things that I talk about on my podcast uh, as often as possible is the fact that right now it's sexy to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, but most people do not have what it takes. They do not have what it takes, and they don't have the right tools or knowledge to understand. Like it's a it's a sexy name, but what does that actually mean? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Well, one of the things that is the reason why I have this podcast, um, we have Monday episodes and we have Friday episodes. Monday episodes are to get yourself in the right mindset um, and help you uh, just understand like, hey, here's how I should approach my job. One of the things that I say a lot is work full-time on your job and part-time on your fortune until your part-time fortune can take the place of your job. Um, but... On the Friday is I try to release that so people can listen to that, get themselves in the right headspace going into the weekend because that's usually where the bad decisions are made. Oh, yeah. But here's why. And so you're certainly going to be a Friday episode because if there's anything that I think is apparent with what you've done is you have turned the weekend into one of your most productive times into how you can network you can make money, you can make moves, you can make a splash, you can make a difference. When did that shift happen for you and you were like, okay, it's time to it's time to make the work end the work end. We should just the start. weekend work <laughs> the weekend work for you, but maybe we should start calling it the work end. Well here the funny thing is is everyone's perception, right? People see that your weekends are the craziest and the most exciting, but it takes a lot of preparation to get to that point to make the weekend not just a spending habit. You know what I mean? Mm. So it's, it's, it's the biggest thing is, you know, you have to work really hard to get to those moments that look glorious and fun. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like people could see a show and it's got a thousand people, but they don't know that took 80 hours to get to that point. Mm -hmm. 
and maybe 10 years before that, just to understand how to even maneuver to get to that, to make it that less of a process. So the weekend, I, well, okay. So to rewind, quit my day job 10 years ago. I wasn't in a position to necessarily quit it, but you know, I quit my day job. Tef quit his day job and we were like, okay, we're going to give this full force and go hundred percent at this. Mm -hmm. I don't recommend that for everyone. You tell people, what'd you say? Work, uh, part-time at your for yeah yeah work full-time on your job and part-time on your fortune that's the safest way to do it the safest way i I didn't i didn't do it that way either but i i in hindsight i wish i would have because i think my dreams actually would have happened faster uh i i want to think that for myself as well because i took the long route i like taking the scenic route to success and i'm still not where i want to be but i'm a lot further than most you know when i can make more than cops and teachers then it's i've done something correct now no disrespect to cops or teachers, they need to be paid more money. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, it's hard to live off your dream, but I don't think a lot of people understand what it takes to live off your dream. And it comes with failure. It comes with 100 hours of making the wrong moves. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, man, it comes with 10,000 hours of making the wrong moves. Oh, I was speaking in a week. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. like, <laughs> Well, one of the things that I, I will try to ask people as, as, as often as I can when we're talking about how, how are we going to build your dreams? How are we going to build who you can be? And I ask them to think about it this way. Uh, when you're looking at the – we just had an, an episode with uh, Nick Meyer. He was uh, – I record so many podcasts. I don't know when that one's going to come out. But it, uh, he said the two things for him were find the one thing that's holding you back. Yeah. from making the decision, and then create your community, create your tribe, which I thought was really brilliant and very succinct. One of the things that I want to start having people think about is what are you committed to? Are you committed to your dream or are you committed to your fear? Because if you think about it that way and you're not taking action on your dream and you're not taking actionable steps, making a goal, making a plan, turning your wish into an actual thing that could happen in your life, you're taking things out of fantasy land. Fantasy land is the lottery. That's something that you cannot create a strategy to actually win. Now, if you want to become a better person, you can create that strategy. But you've got to ask people, hey, if you're not, if you keep talking about your dream, if you keep talking about writing that book, if you keep talking about doing this, but you're not actually doing it, are you more committed to the fear of doing it or are you actually con- committed to your dream? And most people... Their comfort land is living in fear because they don't want to take the step. It's easy to live in fear. It's easy to doubt yourself. It's easy. I find a lot of young kids and even adults who don't even have dreams because Mm -hmm. from birth, they're told you have to do this. You have to wash your hair this way. You have to go to school this way. You have to get married. And when you're like, oh, I want to maybe be a basketball player or a teacher, whatever it is, your dreams get shut down and then reality kicks. And it's like, okay, well, you got to go here. You got to go to college. You got to go to this. All these things are great if you utilize them as tools, but everyone has a different path. And I think dreams is the one thing that no one teaches. Mm-hmm. There's no teaching it, but there's no inspiration. Your teachers aren't, hey, yeah, you could be a, a, a singer for the rest of your life, or you could be a star, or you could be an entrepreneur. Everyone's like, we got to go to college first and figure it out. And You know what I just I, I just thought of that I think is actually pretty cool? Everyone says uh, the here's the first three steps. Here's the gold, silver, bronze. Here's the ABCs. You know what? Let's let's work backwards from what we just said. So if we go A, B, C, D, let's say that D stands for dreams. Okay, if we want to have our dream come true and we're going to go backwards from that, C stands for get clear on it. You got to have a clear representation of what you want to accomplish. Let's go to B. B, you actually have to believe that you can do it. Yeah. Because the thing is if my dream, if my dream is to become a center, in the NBA, and I say, okay, cool, I'm going to get clear about that dream, this is how I have to do it, and then I have to believe it, am I really going to believe it if I step up to Zion Williamson, or someone like Shaq, or Yao Ming, am I ever going to get the ball, no, it's not going to happen, my belief gets shattered really fast, so you have to, if you're going to have a dream, working backwards again, you go, hey, I'm going to get really clear, very specific, I'm going to understand it, then you actually have to believe that you can do it, then your A is action, you got to take action, but you got to do them in reverse. Yeah. And I think that that, I mean, A, B, C, D, then go backwards. That is exactly what we've got to do because action realistically is the easy part. I did a whole podcast recently on, I think, 
action should be the new perfection because so many artists today, so many people today, so many businessmen today, they, they don't even want to talk about their dreams because they're not perfect yet. But how many times have you had an, oh. an idea or a dream, and the, but you start telling everybody, and then some, so you're like, wow, I want to change this, and I want to change this, because you let it out into the world. I think one of the, the best things I've ever done in my life was I cut out everyone who doubted. Mm. Um, I, and that's why one reason why me and Top Flight is so, uh, me and King Tef out of Top Flight are so successful, because I always had really crazy outlandish ideas that were impossible. And he was just like, okay, cool. Well, if mm -hmm. you can do it, you do it. And I just needed somebody on the team that didn't doubt it. Mm -hmm. Everything, oh, let's let's do this. Let's do this. I remember one time we were like, let's get a tour van, 5,000 CDs and this. We only have five shows booked. We don't have any money for any of this. How, how much are we, how are we going to get this? And he's just like, well, just go for it. So I went to a bunch of businesses and had it within a week. And I think it's like, step one is, okay, what do I want? Then mm -hmm. making a vision board. Mm -hmm. Then being relentless to get it, not mm. taking no for an answer, because exactly. no is yes, no means yes. Well, and and that's one thing. When I'm, I just did the uh, sales training for the the Gaylord of the Rockies out there. I got to go out there help Marriott with their sales training, and one of the things that I told them, and I love what you just said, and and mind you, anyone who's listening to this. Before we got on this podcast, we were like, hey, what do we want to talk about? And we were just like, let's just flow with it. Let's just go with it. So none of this is is pre-rehearsed and we're not setting one another up. But I told them that yes lives in the land of no. And if you think about it, stop trying to collect yeses. Stop trying to get to yes. Try to collect as many no's as you can and, and use that as a scoreboard. Say, hey, how many no's did you get today? If you got 100, I guarantee you there were some yeses in there. Oh, yeah. So just every time you get a no, get excited because you're closer to a yes. And that's just the way it goes. I, I, it goes back to action. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Everyone has a dream. And, and ever since I remember the, the movie came out, um, The Secret, right? And everyone was super excited about mm -hmm. it. And even I got super excited about it. You have to take the action because the, the, the vision and being obsessive about it and believing in it and positive, all that, is, all that matters. But the mm -hmm. action is the most important piece. And Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and so many people, especially in today's day and age, they just want to talk. Let's get together and talk. That's it. it was funny. So Hip and I were talking on the phone yesterday, um, and uh, right when uh, right when I was talking about my podcast, my immediate uh, my, my my immediate thing that I told him, I said, "Well, what are you doing right now? Just come over right now." He's like, "Okay, I am in a bunch of meetings. I can probably make tomorrow work." But that's how you have to be. Right when you make a decision, try to take action as fast as possible. Stop waiting for your circumstance to be perfect. Like one of the things that was was big for, for me and my wife, Kayla, is we were waiting for all of the circumstances to be just right for us to have a kid. Yeah. They're never right. Never right. Sometimes you just got to take action. And now I've learned practice makes baby, and I will keep practicing as much <laughs> as possible. <laughs> Well, good luck on that because that, that's one thing that gives you another inspiration in life. Um, I want to bring up one point, though, because you said, you, you're right. You were like, okay, let's do it today. And I was like, oh, well, tomorrow. Well, here's where obstacles need to turn into illusions because yesterday my car broke down. I have a good car. It broke down. Put it in the shop. It's a starter or something. Today or last night my phone turned off, and I was like, no matter what happens in your life, if you commit to something, I feel like you have to push forward and make mm -hmm. it happen. And that's what's the difference between the doers and don'ts and, and, the, and the ones who make it to the next level is what are you willing to do to make it to that next step? And all these things are going to happen on, along the way. You're, you're, someone might die. Money might, you might lose all your money. You might be broke. You might have disease. You might have this and that. It doesn't matter what happens. If you want it, you have to go forward with it. Exactly. And, and, and that's the big thing I, I've said so many times. I don't like it when people say... You don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. That that just makes everyone start a hundred businesses. I want to know what did you finish? What do you what, what do you bring across the finish line? And that's what the final percent's all about. Is what do you actually get to a hundred percent in your life? And I when I when I saw that eclipse and I realized that that final percent was literally the difference between night and day, and it changed everything. I went well. What if I went instead of ninety nine percent in my marriage? What if I went a hundred percent? Instead of 99% in my business, what if I win 100%? And it literally exponentially changed everything. And that's what it boils down to is once you have that path. But the other thing with that is going back to our failures, we've both had a ton. 
when, when do you commit to the failure? And what I mean by that is when you know something's not working, whether it's a relationship, it's a business deal, it's, uh, it's the action, it's your career, when do you make that pivot? Because if you look at Steve Jobs, when he pivoted out of the professional world and went to the consumer world, that's what made Apple the world's first trillion-dollar company. And if he didn't commit to those things being a failure... We would have never had some of the, 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 the Apple ecosystem that we enjoy now. So when do you commit to, to the failure? I, I think it goes two ways, right? I think you have to, it has to align with your purpose. And if you don't know your purpose and what you're trying to accomplish, then sometimes it's good to get out of the failures quick. You know what I mean? I, I mm-hmm. met this guy, he owned a, a successful club, and he told me, he's like, man, sometimes you just got to cut your losses. I'm 50 grand deep. But if I don't cut it now, it's going to take me another year or two just to get even. And I don't, I'm not passionate about it anymore. So I think at the end of the day, you have to have a passion and a vision and you have to believe in that. And then you just have to keep going. If it, there is no failure, there is no, you could fail. What, what is that? Uh, you fail 100,000 times in the 100,001 or 10,000 times in the. Yeah, that's the Thomas Edison thing where he didn't, he didn't figure out 10,000 ways to fail. He figured out 10,000 ways to not do it. Now, what's interesting, did you see that documentary that just came out with that girl who raised billions and billions of dollars? What was that on HBO or Stars? She she created this system that can take your blood. And she sold it. She kept just hustling the whole entire world. I can't even remember what that was called, damn it. Um, she ended up creating this thing that never worked and sold it to everyone in the world. She even had Joe Biden co-sign it and everything. It's a, it's a crazy documentary. Whoa. Sometimes you're delusional. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is if I wish I wish I had the reference for it. I'll have to we'll have to go back and find it. But the uh she she ended up raising billions and billions of dollars and then it all became a scam. I think she believed in it all the way to the end, but ended up becoming mentally crazy. So there's a balance here. Oh, you know absolutely. I mean? like, absolutely. Me and you never quit, but we always had uh, some kind of vision and it, and the vision became more clear as we absolutely. got further into it. Like it started here and it ended here and here is way different than where it started. Well, yeah, I mean, with me, I started out wanting to produce music, and you and I were talking about talking about this at Starbucks literally an hour ago, about how people because the because the uh, barrier to entry has been lowered so much, so many parents and so many artists want to go into the studio, and when they're done, they don't understand why they're not Drake. So the thing is, number one, you didn't spend five hundred thousand dollars on your album like Drake does. You didn't work like Drake does. You don't write like Drake does. You don't have the talent. You don't have the discipline. You just want someone else to do everything. And hey, how come I'm not Drake? And so the problem with that, so then I switched in, I'm just going to be a studio. And so then I was a studio for a long time, but I couldn't compete with the bedroom artist. And so then I said, hey, you know what? If I can't beat them, why don't, instead of joining them, why don't I teach them? I want to teach people how to be more productive in music and I want to lower the cost of school so that if you want an entry-level position into a recording studio, you can certainly have that. But more importantly, if you just want to make better music in your bedroom, if you want to become someone who can actually make a difference in your own life, that's what we started creating. And now that's blown up. And then now I have this speaking and business consulting. And, and it, it goes back to, uh, what's his name? Jim Collins. He has this this flywheel concept in the book, uh, good to great, and he talks about create your wheel and then turn that thing as fast and as hard as you can, and it will create all the other opportunities for you and what you should do. Yeah. And and that's what I've always really admired about you is because, yes, I mean, you can get up there and you can throw a hell of a performance and you can do all these great things, but you've always been so much more business-minded than any other artist because you're like, hey, I actually have to pay some bills from this. I'm not just trying to get on stage yeah. to have people scream. I really do need to eat food, you know? Well, it, it hit me. My son got sick a couple of years ago, I think two years ago, three, no, three years ago now, right after right after we were uh, partnering down in, call, in Denver, mm-hmm. and he got real sick, and this was in the midst of me. Um, I, at the same time, I was hitting number one billboard. We were out in L.A. We were meeting with Drake's team. All these, like, label deals were on the table. Everything was kind of is either, like, shoot for the stars or this, but my music was the only thing. My music was funding him to get better. It was just crazy. And it all hit me. And it's like, I don't really care about this piece of it. What I care about is I need to turn this into something that's bigger than I need to, I need to turn this into an actual business because mm-hmm. if I fail, my son fails and other people's lives are at stake. If I don't make it, not even an option for it's you. It's not an option. So, you know, when I'm sleeping on the floor, eating ramen noodles to make sure they have enough food for this, it's, it's like, 
it's choices. But mm-hmm. then again, it's like you have to, you just have to go for it, man. Yeah, you know what I mean, like, and you and the business part of it is 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 more important than the art part. But that's the hard part as an artist is it's hard to switch that brain. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Do you ever oh. have that issue? Oh my god, going super creative <laughs> to super business, and it's like I've gotten better at it. Sometimes I just want to tap in and not think of bills, not think of anything else, and just tap into the creative side. And every time that happens, magic happens. I can see with you, too. I used to always tell you, I'm like, man, your singing is on another level. Why don't you just do this 100%? And you were always conflicted because... Yes, I absolutely was, man. Your talent was higher than what other people, than majority of people, but you also seen, well, I need to, I want to have this house. I want to have these cars. I want to have my family taken Mm -hmm. care of. Mm -hmm. I think with me, one of the concepts that I have kind of preached so many times um, is the concept of be, do, have, and I want to become something and someone who can do something um, and so that I can have something. And I, and I know that if I were, uh, if I were back in whatever, if I was back in my old mindset and I was saying, Hey, I'm doing all this stuff to have a 10,000 square foot house. um, I would have never had, this 10,000 square foot house. It would have never happened if I was doing it for the thing. Having is a byproduct of becoming and then doing. And if you become more, you naturally do more. And that's why one of my favorite things to tell my employees is I need you to work harder on yourself than you do on your job. Because if you work harder on your job than you do on yourself, you're going to end up resenting me and you're going to hate me because you never worked on yourself. You got burnt out or you didn't you didn't move forward the way, like when I had that Aston Martin, and even though I was lucky enough to have someone basically give me an Aston Martin, which is still just insane to have those words come out of my mouth, it's really awkward to have an Aston Martin, and then you're looking at all your employees and go, hey, payroll's going to be a little late. They're like, yeah, it's because you drive a Aston Martin, asshole. And so I, I realized, like, perception is so reality. It's like, what what is the perception? And so that's why I just... I just went off the grid for a while. I stopped talking to anybody. I stopped responding on social media. I just did my own thing. When I put my head down and only focused on my game, that's when the ma- the magic for me started happening and my team started winning because we were working as a team. We weren't trying to impress anybody. Honestly, we didn't care about anybody else's opinion. If you liked us, awesome. If you didn't, awesome. You, that means it, you knew about us and you were paying attention. You built a tribe and won. Exactly. And, and that's that's what I think one of the key parts for all this, and this is what I think even Colorado suffers the most on music. I'm like, this is one of the biggest concert towns in the world, right? Mm-hmm. More people buy, consume hip-hop here than almost anywhere in the United States, from what I heard. you know. Mm-hmm. And, and when I look it up, it's right up there within the top 10. Now, teamwork makes a dream work. No one wants to work together. Everyone's a crab in the barrel mentality. Everyone's mm-hmm. like, well, I'm going to be next. I'm going to be next. If you just put a team together and you just prove this, and I prove this is mm-hmm. you're only as strong as your team. So if you mm-hmm. put your team together, you got to make your team successful. You have to work together. And if you could do that, then anything is possible, but you're not going to do it by yourself. Uh, well, another thing that I have thought for a long time is, and, and don't get me wrong, I think that Gary Vee is great. I think that Grant Cardone is great. I think that Tony Robbins is great. But I think that they are, in all their own respects, starting to become dinosaurs. And here's why. I think that this whole idea of the guru mentality, mm-hmm. where one person has all the answers, and one person is just, that's the way... And like in marketing, we call it every brand needs a Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And so all these guys start out as their own Jesuses and it gives them God complexes. And then you watch how they talk to their employees, how they talk to the consumer. And then all these other, you have a bunch of people in the audience who are saying, hey, I want to be God too. That's a bad circle. And so one of the things I know that if I didn't have my wife, like I was actually just telling Hypnotic, he, he asked me, he said, dude, who, who inspired you more than anybody else? And I said, you know, probably my dad, my mom, and my wife. Because, number one, they've put up with more crap than any human beings on the planet with, with someone as eccentric as myself. Um, but having that kind of team behind me, and then I found Zach Markle and Mitch Zonnefeld, Ashley Kisner, who, I mean, we, we went through something. We had a, we had a microburst um, hit the area, which took all of the roofing materials off the bowling alley behind my old place blew into our power transformer and fried everything. And because I couldn't pay anybody, I had a lot of employees quit. I had a lot of employees not want to follow me to Boulder. 
Um, and I couldn't pay my rent. I couldn't do, I couldn't pay my rent on the studio. Couldn't pay my rent on the house. And then through, I, I have to say two things um, through the, absolutely the grace of God and absolutely the, the fact that I had my team. I mean, my team and I were homeless for, let's see, four months while we were trying to get off the ground. And there was one time where we had the, the landlord of the place we're in right now um, in Boulder. We were sleeping in the studio. And she walked in to check on how things were going and this, that, and the other. And she's like, are you freaked out on, are you sleeping here, Bubba? And no, we've been, we've been working on the studio and we're trying to get it up and running and this, that, and the other. And that team, even in that dark moment, didn't leave me. Yeah. And how on earth could we fail? If, we, if you have a team like that, there's zero chance that you can fail. That's, that's so true. And that's what a lot of people just need to see is how important the team is. And if you don't have a team, don't be scared to try to find one. Mm-hmm. People are going to screw you over. People are going to do you wrong. But but over, through time, you can yeah. figure out who's really loyal and who's not. Don't give your loyalty to somebody right out the gate 100%. I know we both have done that a lot. <laughs> but yeah. at the same time, you can't be like post-traumatic friend syndrome or post- <laughs> You know what I mean? Because I, I see a lot of people like, oh, well, I've been screwed over in the industry. I've been screwed over in the industry so many times that I just didn't do the same thing twice. Post-traumatic friend syndrome. Oh, my God. It feels like a thing, though, doesn't it? It's like... It does. It do- Well, but see, the thing, I think that with our dreams and with who we've become in the industry and 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 I think that both of us are still kind of at a very foundationary level. Oh yeah, because with who we are, what we can accomplish, and and mo- most importantly, what we know. Benjamin Franklin was very famous for saying, "Like, look, man, your riches don't matter. The th- your land doesn't matter. Everything that you have doesn't matter, because the only thing that someone cannot take from you is the knowledge that you have put in your brain." Yeah. And I think that we are certainly, we are certainly farther than a, a 34 year old and a, and a person like yourself, his age is still a big yeah. mystery to me. Good. I'm glad <laughs> we, we keep it this way. And when you said something about dinosaur with uh, uh, Gary V, I, I'm kind of like, I agree with you in that aspect, but then I also look at it. I'm like, he's willing to still outwork everybody. Oh, absolutely. I think, it, it, no, I think Gary V don't, just to be super clear. I think he's great, but it's, it's very much, and and I think it's, it's God, a it's the ego god mentality. Uh, I think it's a product of how people want to consume influencers. Mm-hmm. They want a Jesus of whatever the person's yeah, yeah. talking about. Um, I mean, I like Gary V. The only thing that has happened with Gary V. recently is I think that he is like he's the millennials' champion. Yeah, he's yeah. the young people's champion. So he's the first person to go against the grain, and he's such an amazing debater, an amazing speaker that he can kind of make you believe anything. And yeah. so um, he just came out <clears throat> saying why social media is not ruining us. And I actually agree with 90% of everything that he he said, but he's always very quick to latch on to anything that the young people are going to believe, which he is looking, he's looked at as validation for anybody who doesn't want to go to college. Yeah. And, and here's the thing why I think college is actually extremely important for most people an education in my world, I truly believe an education is an education is an education. I, I really believe that. The thing that you pay for if you go to a place like, say, Duke or NYU or DU or anything like that, you're paying for the community and the connections, which community and connections, I am living proof that who you know absolutely can change your entire world. It's unbelievable. So I think that the community part of it is amazingly overlooked in the way that people talk about education in today. I think community is one of the most important things that humans want. We are a, like, we are very much more a pack animal than we are the lone wolf. But right now being a lone wolf and being an entrepreneur and being in control is the cool thing to do. But most people don't know how to lead themselves, let alone other people. And they're running out here trying to build these tribes, but they don't, they're not a leader. They don't know how to lead. It's very true. Uh, and a real leader can get another leader to follow him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and a le- leader also knows when to be a student. Oh, well, and a real leader is always learning. Always learning. Mm-hmm. Ne- never, you know, never outshine the master, but still fits in when needs to fit in and, and, and can always be the leader. But so you said something important about college, and I bring this up all the time because 
my, my, my partner, Tef, he, he actually graduated college and got a degree and I didn't go to college. I went to a couple classes trying to learn. Now college, I think you're right. A hundred percent. It is amazing, but only if you utilize it for what it's built for. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? If you don't take advantage of that network, you don't take advantage of that community. You can't just go in there and expect it's like getting a record deal, right? You get a record deal and you expect to be famous. No, you have to put in the work. You have to mm-hmm. put in the work. You have to be obsessive of what you're trying to accomplish from this. Meet everybody because you never know. You could go through four years of college and not get the information you need to be successful, but you could meet that one person mm. who could guide you to the next step. You know yeah, what I mean? Well, I mean, it's so piggybacking off of what he just said, it's like Steve Jobs meeting Steve Wozniak. Steve Jobs never graduated. Steve Wozniak did. Mm-hmm. And because they met one another and they had that another thing that uh, that uh, hip and I were just talking about uh, at Starbucks is what kind of relationship are you in? Are you in a subtractive relationship, an addition relationship or a multiplication relationship? And when you are in a, an exponent, a, a better way to do it. Someone informed me because they, they like to be a dick, to be honest with you. Um, Someone informed me that one plus one is not the best um, way to describe what I'm trying to say. Um, So what I would say is that exponential relationship, the thing that is so much more than just two when you guys get together. And it is so much bigger than anything that you can do by yourself, that you can do alone and if you have Steve Wozniak and Steve Jobs, again, because they met, they built the world's first trillion-dollar company. But back then, they were just, they were just trying to get a, a box that, is, uh, that gave you free long distance. That's, that was their whole relationship. Then they went to homebrew technology, then they, and so on and so forth. And, and that's the big thing is you've got to find those exponential relationships. You've got to find a relationship that just turns you inside out and into someone that you never knew that you could be, but it was because they either pushed you or sparked something inside of you and seeking out those relationships and they can only matter and they can only happen and they can only find you if you are in those moments, if you are in the community, if you are someone who is talking to or wants to be talked to or is around. Um, And that's why culture is such a big thing. That's why travel is such a big thing. When when you have these people who will travel across the country just to have that one 30-minute meeting, their life is going to be exponentially better than most other people because they will go the final percent to make them do something that is truly, truly different. And, and, and I think finding those kinds of relationships, and that's where the community comes in with Steve, Wo- Steve Wozniak um, and, and, uh, and Steve Jobs. I just I think that it, finding those kinds of relationships, and, and it happens in communities. So, so one of the biggest things I find, and, and I talk to a lot of young adults and kids, and I try to mentor them and help them out, and I find that anxiety plays a huge role in a lot of people and their networking skills. What would you say one of your greatest traits to overcome that is? Because me and you can talk to anybody. Yeah. We entertain all the time, whether they like it or not. We're either joking, we're, we're serious, we're always okay with talking to anybody and being how, who we are. Now, what, what advice would you give to these people? Because I see them all the time, and the, there's like great talents, but their networking skills suffer and their anxiety is, mm-hmm. is takes over, so they can't overcome that, that hurdle. You know, I think it goes back to uh, a master businessman, a master networker is going to try to serve and not please. Yeah, yeah. And if you have all of these people that you're trying to connect with, you're running around trying to please them. And they don't really care about that. If they wanted to get pleased, they would go Netflix and chill with their 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 significant yeah, yeah. other. That's that's pleasing someone. And when I watch people who are networking, they will be so cliche that they'll they'll run out there and they'll straight up be like, "Hey, uh how can I serve you? How can I help you? Don't come out and that the best way to serve someone is because is listen to them. Yeah, listen to them. You, 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 the only way for you to serve them properly is to understand them. And so the thing is, is we might joke and we might, we might run around and do this, that, and the other. But I, I don't know if you're the same as I am, but a lot of my friends have asked me every time, every time we've gone out, Greg, I've noticed this about you. And I, is it by design? What's going on? If I'm meeting a group for the very first time, mm-hmm. I'm the quietest person in the room. 
Yeah. I'm always listening, watching, understanding the social dynamics because you're either the leader, you're the follower, or you need to get out of the way. So I want to know who are all of the followers. I want to know who are all the people who really shouldn't be in the room. And I want to know who the actual leader is. And the other thing that you can understand about things like that is the leader can change by who walks into the room. Yes. So if, if, uh, if I'm sitting in here with hip and my wife walks in, I'm no longer a leader. My wife is now the leader. That's just the way that works. Happy wife, happy life, that's, right? That's the truth. And so I think that if people learn to listen and say, okay, what, what are this, this person's pain points? And the thing is, is you can find a lot of people out there and just, just be quiet for the first hour of, of, of meeting a new group and just watch, listen, observe, and then you will actually have something to talk about. That's the big problem is so many people just want to talk and they want to be heard, but no one's willing to actually listen. They're just waiting to respond. Yes. Now, another thing is I came across this the other day. So there's this engineer in Colorado, super talented, right? But his mouth is louder than his skills, right? But his skill, if he just shut up, I'm like, just shut up, stop telling all your emotions online and just do the work and let your, your talent shine. I think whoever you are, right? Some people are better at talent. Some people are better at talking. Mm -hmm. You have to, like you said, shut up sometimes and listen, Mm -hmm. figure out what to say. Just be yourself. Mm -hmm. Just be yourself and, and don't let the emotion throw your business under. Well, and and I used to have that same exact problem as I would go to war with absolutely anybody online in a very public forum. And the thing is no one wins in that. No one wins. Um, And so I just thought like, I don't like, honestly, I don't, if anyone in anyone who doesn't like me, if you hear this, like go ahead and put it to the test. Just try to like go after me on social media and you just literally will get zero response, probably blocked. And I'm just never going to talk to you again. And most I have so many people who help me manage social media right now. They'll probably block you before I even know that it happens. And that's because I've got my own race to win. I've got my own things to focus on. And I've had family members air their dirty laundry. I've aired my dirty laundry. I've gotten in fights. I've watched other people. And the thing is, is nobody, you've got to understand this. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. You want to know what someone, someone will care about is... Hey, are you making a difference in your life? Cool, share it. Are you making a difference in someone else's life? Cool, share it. But like I just put in one of my podcasts, I, w- I want to stop seeing food on Instagram because that's starting. That's everyone telling me how perfect your food is. I want to start seeing empty plates. I want to know that you cleaned your plate, and I want to start a movement on Instagram to where we go, I went the final percent, hashtag the final percent, and you show me an empty plate that you actually finished your food, and I don't care what it was. Just finish. Well, then I think we, we need you to make some final percent plates. <laughs> The my mind's working in that aspect, see, you see, know. That's the consummate entrepreneur. Like, immediately, hey, I think I think we need the final percent plates. <laughs> I think that's it, man. I, I feel, um, and you said, you know, mistakes. People talk crap. But see, I, I, me, if you catch me at the wrong time, at the right time, and you talk shit to me, I'm going to actually come back and troll you. <laughs> I don't have a whole lot of time, so I won't be able to do it for days. But I might get you. I'm okay with the hate. And this is what I tell I was I was dealing with all these young kids in this in this emotional movement we're doing. And a lot of these kids are like, they're suffering from anxiety, um, depression, and a lot of it is because of social media. They take mm-hmm. it so personally. Well, here's the here's 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 two ways to look at that. One way, yes, you shouldn't, if you don't have time, don't engage in it, but it also helps your algorithms if you're trying to push yourself forward. So mm-hmm. that's why Trump that's is president. Shoot. That's why Mayweather is so big. <laughs> Love him or hate him. I'm not a fan, but at the same time, that's that's here nor there. What what the truth of this matter is, is you can use hate and negative things that other people bring your way as a positive. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, as long as you're doing it in a constructive manner. In a constructive manner. Because, I mean, I used to I used to be about as unconstructive as it could possibly be construed because I went at people the wrong way. Um, but it's just, it's also just maturing in business and maturing in life. And it's just, it's just funny how it's funny the world that we live in where people are kind of addicted to drama. And, and it's again, going back to one of the, another podcast that I had is, do you focus on activity or do you focus on accomplishment? Are you constantly posting, man, we work in or big news coming soon, or man, just wait until I drop. I don't really care. Honestly, just, just show me what you accomplished. And so many people are addicted to activity. And this is why employees suck 
because they're constantly trying to look active to their boss so their boss won't ask them, what did you accomplish? Yeah. And if you focus on accomplishment and not activity, just take actionable goals so that you can accomplish something, you're going to be so much further down the road than you could possibly understand. And that's the thing. So many people are addicted to this activity. I'm always moving. I'm always working. I'm always this. Yeah, but what, what are you getting accomplished? Yeah, but busy doesn't mean successful. Exactly. <laughs> and, exactly. And once you can monetize what you're doing and organize, um, the success grows. Because mm-hmm. you can duplicate yourself. You can you can have more time. You have to take time for yourself. That's what I see people run themselves to the ground. I've been a victim of this many times where it's, oh, I'm working, I'm working, I'm working. Well, I'm working 18 hours a day. You know, he, all right, let's ask. We're going to put Hip on the spot, and I want to see if uh, – I want to see what he can he can say about this. What is the number one thing that rich people buy? Rich people buy cars, uh, watches, things that don't have – like brand new cars, brand new watches. Okay, buy. all right, all right. That I, I use because he he he's like me. He uses them in different terminology, so I use the wrong word. What does what do wealthy people buy? Oh, they invest in themselves. They invest in their their mind, body, soul. But but the things they buy, it's like this: a wealthy person might not have on the nicest clothes, mm-hmm. the nicest shoes. A wealthy person will be able to live twenty years without a job. Yeah. It's a difference. A rich person is just like a middle class person a lot of times. You just have more stuff for the momentarily. Yeah. So the the answer to the question and when I realized this, it changed absolutely the way that I operate. Wealthy people buy time. That's yeah. Wealthy be- wow. th- that's the whole reason why a private jet exists is so they can have 4 hours of their life back every time they need to go somewhere. Mhm. Uh-huh. Um, that's why drivers exist. That's why assistants exist. That's why executive assistants exist. That's why maids exist. They want their time back. That's why landscaping companies exist. Now, a lot of people in middle-class America have a landscaper because they don't have the time to go out there. Mm-hmm. They, th- we have to understand that time. And one of my favorite sayings is if youth only knew and if age only could, how many, how many old people do you talk to that say, man, I wish I would have done things differently. Man, uh-huh. I wish I could have done this. But youth didn't know and age can't. So the, the, the moral of the story, and if your story is your life, you want to, you want to die. When, you, when, you're, when you're dying, you want to die as young as possible, as late as you can. You want to be young, and I have I have a really good friend of mine, Matt Rouse Sr. Um, he is the father of a company named Plushgrass. Uh, shameless plug, uh, Plushgrass, if you need any synthetic turf for anything, they are literally the best in the entire nation, so just use them. They're amazing. But uh, this guy's dad has become a mentor of mine. He's 72, and he acts like, uh, man, I'll bet you he acts like he's 45, Oh yeah. I mean, and but this guy, you want to talk about dying as young as possible, as late as you can. I mean, this guy still, and it's so the thing that just absolutely trips me out. This guy's the same age as my dad, but my dad's actually an old guy. You, you know what's scary is I seen this meme one time. It was like it showed somebody at their computer and it's like the new heroin, and it scares me because you you look at it and it's like that guy probably grew up with the axe outside, never was in front of a computer, never. And I think even I become a victim of this where it's like we have so much technology, so much inside, so many podcasts, so much this and this that we're not outside. We're not moving our body the way we need to. So exactly your, right. Your mind will keep you younger than even I've seen smokers live to 100. Yeah. But they're happy. Exactly. So it's a balance between, oh, I'm trying to be the most healthy guy in the world, eat all this organic stuff. I'm, 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 it's a balance between that happiness and being whole, I think so. I think an- another. I, I I don't mean to drop so many Greg sayings on on everyone, but I am Greg and I do talk a lot, so it is what it is. One of one of my favorite things is to to help people understand that if you are going to go through, if you're going to go through life and you're going to try to get into the best possible position to succeed, you have to understand that uh, what was this, it was a Harvard Review book that I read, and it says if you have goals and wishes, things that you have not achieved yet, you tend to live 14 years longer than the next person. And that's why I always tell people, always, always, always be content with what you have 
but never with who you are. Never be comfortable. You think? Do you think? Okay, content th- is different than comfortable. I think no. I think you should be content and comfortable, and you should love. I think the only thing I think you should not be is complacent. But you should always be content with what you have. Yeah, content with what you have. But never with who you are. Because if you become a better person, you naturally have more things. Yes. But so many people are saying, oh, God, I got to get a bigger house. Well, the value of the things mean more, too. When you're more content, it's like... Be content with what you have, mm-hmm. never with who you are. Yeah. And that's that's the big thing is if you always say, oh, man, I could be a little bit healthier. I could learn more. Hey, I could start this business. Hey, I could partner with this person. Hey, maybe I could change this life. You always have a purpose and a passion and a, a drive down inside of you that is going to make you want to stay alive. But right when you're content with who you are, you're already dead. Yeah, You're going backwards. Your purpose on this life is to get better. And that's one of the things when someone asked me, they said, hey, if uh, an exercise we do is is take one of the best companies that you can think of, and usually people say Google, Apple, um, or Amazon, 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 and they say, what would you do to make Amazon better? Uh And it was was so funny because I said, it's it's easy. Get better, do more. That's Uh it. Get better, do more. And that's what I do. Become more then you can do more, then you have more. Having's the byproduct. But get better, do more is really what it boils down to in your life. And you have to have that purpose. You have to have that seed down in your heart, down in your soul, down in the pit of your stomach. I often say that there's only four places that you make decisions from. Your head, your heart, your guts, or your nuts. Your nuts are always wrong, your guts always right, and your head and your heart are the checks and balance system on whether or not you have the wherewithal to be able to make that gut instinct come to fruition. And sometimes you got to become more to do that. But we have to follow the right thing. And your gut is telling you to do something in life that can change the, your life and the lives of everyone around you. You've got to follow that. And that, that's why I say, are you more committed to your fears or yeah. are you more committed to your dream? If you're not taking action on your dreams, then you're more committed to your fear. And I think you should look yourself in the mirror and say, I'm committed to my fear. Yeah. That's really hard to say to yourself, eh, maybe I want to take an action. I don't want to go look in the mirror. I'm going to go take an action today because I'm not going to have that conversation with myself. Now, now out of all the people you talk to, <coughs> how many of them take the steps? Because I've given clear direction and path to a lot of people. Like, yo, all you have to do is this. And a lot of people are just one step away from success. Mm-hmm. They just are blocking it with that fear. Mm-hmm. Ah, this and this. So out of giving someone because you talk to a lot of people as I do, when you're talking to them and you're giving them the advice, you're showing them the clear steps. Some of them, I'm sure you walk through, you hold their hand and walk them up right mm-hmm. to the finish line. How many of them actually take that leap? You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. And I always say the same thing to everyone. Cause I've actually been asked this question a lot in the workshops that we do is I say, does anybody at the table have something that they know that they need to change right now. They Mm -hmm. know down into their soul, down into their heart. Like, do you have something right now that you're working on that you're like, why do I keep doing this? Yeah. Of course, everyone does, right? So why don't you change it? Exactly. Discipline. So, 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 (laughs) so the thing that, so the, the moral of the story is the fact that if it's that hard, when you've already accepted it, you know it, you're working on it, you're talking to yourself. If it's that hard for you to take the action step, Imagine how hard it is when all you've been done, all all that's been done is you've been given the information and you haven't even accepted that you have to do it yet. So that's why these people are not taking action because they're not even to the point where they own their shit. You know what I mean? They don't own it. They don't, they don't hold it. They don't really say, Hey, I'm going to be held accountable to make a difference in my life. And so the thing is, is until they start looking at themselves in the mirror and taking those actionable steps and they're going to have missteps, they're going to fail. And one, another thing that I I, I tell everyone is everyone says, Oh man, I want to, I want to see you at the top, man. I want you like, let's go to the top. Let's, let's go to the peak. Let's, uh, let's do this. It's, It's so annoying because we're discounting another one of the best parts of life. And when I'm giving my speeches is I will have all of these mountaintops yeah. and I'll, I'll usually I'll just have my computer. I'll Google mountaintop and we'll say, and I'll say, okay, does everyone, can everyone agree with me? We've gone through about 20 pictures. Can everyone agree with me that we've been looking at mountaintops? And they're like, yes, it's a mountaintop. Good job. Like I get it. And I go, cool. How many trees are at the top of a mountain? None. 
There's none. All the growth happens in the valley. All the streams, all the food, all of the beautiful parts of life are at the base of the mountain because that's where all the growth happens. So you can't stay on the top of a mountain. That, that would be so lonely and boring. Yes. So the thing, instead of us saying, I want to I get to the peak, I want to get to the top, I wanna, I'll see you at the top, I'll do this, that, and the other. No, what we're doing is that is a great part of life, but then you are constantly on your guard because you're playing king of the mountain. Have you ever done that in grade school? It sucks. Yeah. But the thing is, we're discounting another great part of life, and we're out of balance. Everyone's trying to climb this stupid mountain, crab in a barrel. Everyone's trying to climb, climb the mountain, but they're not actually understanding that, for the most part, they're already in a great part of life. And even if it's hard, they're growing. Yes. Like I said at the very beginning of this, it's fall in love with the process. Mm -hmm. If you're not in love with what you're doing, don't do it. I don't care if it's being a teacher, being a cop, being a rapper, being an influencer, being... If you're not in love with it, don't do it. Mm -hmm. Don't do it because your parents want you to do it. Don't do it because your best friends are doing it. Mm -hmm. You have to fall in line with what you do. I was even around... When, I, when they were building Drake's campaign and GEZ's campaign, one of the things they said is, we don't build artists, we build brands. Mm -hmm. The hardest thing that I've seen, the identity of Colorado artists, the identity of all these people, is no one understands their brand. No one understands who they are. Not mm -hmm. just what they look like, but who they are, what they stand mm -hmm. for. And if you don't break those pieces down, then you're not going to even be able to get to the second step. Oh, absolutely. One of the, one of the things, and I invite you to, to use this in the emotional thing you're working on and, and just some brands and some people that you uh, work with, is I'll, I'll break it down because so many people, are they're wrapped up in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And I'll say, okay, cool. Here's the way I want you to start breaking it down for you to help you achieve what you want to do. What does winning a game look like for you in your life? What does winning the Super Bowl look like for you in your life? And what does going to the Hall of Fame look like for you in your life? Now, going to the Hall of Fame for you, maybe that's uh, you get a Grammy. You step on that stage, you get a Grammy, you're recognized for all the hard work you've done. Okay, cool. If we roll that back, what does this, you got to win a lot of Super Bowls to get a Grammy. So, okay, cool. A Super Bowl is a hit record, is a this, that, and the other. Okay, a game is a hit song and the right people and the this and the that. And a lot of people don't realize that the Grammy process is extremely political. Mm -hmm. So the thing is, is I always ask people, hey, look, what does winning a game look like for you? A game is usually a week-long process. Yeah, yeah. A Super Bowl is usually a year-long process. The Hall of Fame is usually a career-long process. So the thing is, what's your Super Bowl? So many people that I talk to and I say, what's your Super Bowl? They go, I don't know. Yeah, I can what's see your, it. What's your, what's your, so, okay, if you're going to win the game this week, what, what game are you trying to win? Most people go, I don't know. How the hell are you going to win if you don't know what game you're playing? I think that's one of the only, like, that's one of the main tools that kept me successful in the music business and always able to do it was we always had, okay, what's the next power move? What's the next move? Mm -hmm. Let's try to think ahead of everyone else. Not, not, not all of them work, but if we consistently try to, it's, we created our own little mastermind group, two of us who are trying to have our frequency at a high level to create ideas mm -hmm. that are ahead of our time and go through with it. Some fail, some win. Absolutely. As long as you stay in that, that Rome. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what a lot of people don't understand. What is your Super Bowl? Now, mm -hmm. I like that analogy. What, what is your, you know what I mean? What's a game? What's a Super Bowl? What's the Hall of Fame? And so what is, uh, let's say, um, it, all right, we're almost to an hour, so we should probably wrap here soon. But I do have a question just because speaking of power moves and mm -hmm. speaking of things that you've done, one of the biggest power moves from the outside looking in, because a lot of people maybe don't realize, but I mean, you and I, it's not that we fell apart, but we just weren't running in the same circles for like three years. Yeah. One of the big power moves that I was just like, how, do, how, how did this happen? Mm -hmm. Is how are you just hanging out and having lunch with the mayor of Denver? So <laughs> he's actually, okay. So he's the mayor of Glendale. What okay. happened was, okay, this is a funny story. So I'm chilling one day and I get a call. Hey, the, uh, this guy wants you to meet him in the castle. He's running for governor and he wants to do a song with you in Wyclef. Oh, shit. Okay, cool. <laughs> I end up going to this castle. In the middle of this, we're in this big round table in the dungeon, and there's all these people I've never seen before, right? And they, they all seem real smart, suited up. And he's talking, and I'm, I'm believing everything he's saying. I, I really actually, he's talking about prison reform, you know, LGBT or LBG, whatever. You know, he's talking about all these subjects that I'm like, okay, these, I believe in these. I, uh -huh. I, I, I gun control, we need to work on these things. And, um, 
all of a sudden I was like, I started shooting out all these ideas to him. And I was like, yo, you need to switch this. You should do this. You should brand yourself like this. And he's like, man, will you help me? We just started collabing. We built a great friendship from there. Um, I don't know. You just, you know, you know, when you vibe with somebody, you yeah, meet them and you absolutely. actually are like, okay, you inspire me. He inspired me. I must've inspired him. He, we jumped him on. He sponsored one of our CDs. We're like, okay, well, we're going to put out 5,000 CDs. I just want you to speak on it. Yeah. That's going to be part of your campaign push. Oh, dude. That's... So he used us to help get into a younger demographic, you know, help. He did end up doing a song with Snoop Dogg. We just kind of, we made all those connections, but then I was learning a lot from him. And I, I know I'd always go to him for questions like, yo, um, you know, I, I'm trying to help shift the, the culture in Colorado. I believe there's enough talent here to take it to the world. I'm just running into these hurdles. No yeah. one's believing I'm, I'm running into, no one wants to put the business behind it. You know what yeah. I mean? No one wants to invest. And he would just give me these, these, you know, he told me one thing. Okay. This is one thing he told me that was super important. He's like, okay, I have infinity field. I do rugby. It's a, it holds probably 5,000, maybe 10,000 people. He's like, we we wanted to do rugby, but we knew if we marketed this to all the rugby players, everyone would be upset because we're not doing it the same way everyone else is. Mm -hmm. He took this whole campaign where he's like, we marketed to everyone who didn't like rugby and filled the stadium, and now everyone loves it. And now it's one of mm. the biggest stadiums for rugby, supposedly, you know, it's one of the biggest stadiums for rugby. We applied that same thing, and we've been applying it, never knew it, to our, our rap and to our music. Everyone tries to go, when everyone's going left, everyone goes left. When everyone's going left, we go right. Mm -hmm. So when you start tapping into other communities, that's open playing field and not as much competitiveness. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I, to answer your question, just being good people and vibing with people. You, yeah. have to, you have to have conversations. And then the ones who inspire you, make sure you stick around. Mm -hmm. I'll call him on his birthday. I'll go give him some bottles of wine. I'll just do random things, acts of kindness that he doesn't need. He doesn't need mm -hmm. no wine from me. He's got a castle in the biggest strip club west of Mississippi. He does not need me, but I see his importance. So I'm going to continuously be in his ear. Yo, hey, how can I help? How can I do this? I have a handful of those people. And I think relationships, again, back to that, is mm -hmm. the most important thing to your success. Not everything has to come at a value of, of money, but it has to come at a value of something. You're either yeah. useful or useless. How yeah. do you be useful to someone else? Absolutely. And the ones you want to be on your team, be extra useful for them. Dude, that's, yeah, I just, I thought that was such a, a cool talking about power moves. And one of the things that I, I, we were, again, we, we were joking before we got onto the podcast was uh, we already had 15 conversations that probably should have been recorded. But one of the things I was telling him is my whole idea of push power towards power. Never try to diminish someone's power. Um, but to push power towards power, you have to be in the proximity of power. And it's, that's the kind of stuff that I think is great from a business standpoint and from what, I mean, a lot of people look down on what we would call rappers, if you will, but no rappers are hanging out with mayors of anything. You know no. what I mean? That's so cool. And the kind of moves and the kind of business and everything that you are getting accomplished. And, and I'd say that very, very choice words is you are getting accomplished because you truly accomplish things. And that's, that's, there's, there's a lot of the rest of the, and I, I don't want to say the rest, but um, the majority of the rap community, regardless of Denver or any city, up and coming artists are just trying to look active. They're not accomplishing anything. And I think that that is uh, a great thing. You, you, you really do push power towards power. And a lot of people lean on you and, and you are then able to lean on, on, on them because you, push each other to each other's power. And I think that's great. And uh, just the moves that you're making are, are always so interesting, well, man. You know, what's crazy is it is inspiring to me is, is even yourself. And, and when you collab, when you're moving at a high level and you collab with somebody at a high level, higher level things happen. Oh yeah. And even though me and you were younger in our mind, we were still doing great things, yeah. but we were still younger in development of business and understanding the, the bigger picture. Yeah. But when we collabed in the past, when we sold out the Gothic, we did we we made power moves dude, that shook a, the city. Dude, I I I got I remember having the uh, um I found footage of that and <laughs> yeah. dude that was truly that was truly awesome. It was a, it was a great time and it was a great thing for the city to see. Your it was it wasn't even rap and rap it was rap it was KMG versus T, TFE or whatever you know yeah. what I mean and we we went head to head song for song collaboration and we just showed the city okay there's there what would you classify yourself as blues music blues rock blues funk pop rock y'all sing rap songs like 
it, it just the collaboration is is yeah. key to to people's success, and I think people should not be scared to collaborate with someone, whether it's a mayor, whether it's a. I always go back to teachers, but it doesn't matter who it is. Don't be scared to collaborate. Well, yeah, and and collaboration doesn't mean just musical. No, it doesn't mean could mean we went and had coffee and we leveled each other up. So. I- ideas. All right. Well, I think I'm going to call it. We gave you guys a lot of knowledge. Um, how can people get uh, in touch with you, man? Okay. My name is Hypnotic, H-Y-P-N-A-U-T-I-C. Um, most of my stuff goes through Top Flight Empire, T-O-P-F-L-I-T-E Empire, E-M-P-I-R-E. Any questions, email me at the303tv at gmail.com. And uh, I just want to say thank you, Greg, for having me up today. It's, it's... Top Flight KMG, baby. <laughs> Boom. I thought you was going to do that the whole time. <laughs> Hey, I, well, dude, we got such a deep conversation. I was like, me, me and you could talk f- for days. And this dude, is not just a, like you said, set up. This is just an organic conversation yeah. that we had probably even deeper conversation before we even yeah, made it this to this is, one. This is what we normally talk about. So I'm sure we're going to have him guest again. Thank you again. I really appreciate it. Round of applause. That's why God invented buttons. Um, and then in case you didn't know, KMG, baby. this has been the final, the final percent. percent. Thank you guys so much. Once again, we're coming out with uh, one every Monday, every Friday. Uh, this guy owns the weekend, and uh, he drops some knowledge. Make sure that you follow Top Flight, follow Hypnotic, and uh, get in his circle because he pushes power towards power, and he really, truly can make a difference in your life. Thank you Top so much. Flight, KMG, baby.